Properties is the complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Um, I do apologize. This episode is extremely late. Um, I just felt a little bit off and wasn't able to record. I'm just not feeling well. I'm still not fully 100%, but y'all know that I said at the end of last year, regardless, I wanted to uh, maintain consistency and, you know, even if it's late, still be able to put out a pop for the week. Um, It's just been a struggle, if I'm being honest just trying to get the the time to actually uh, record it in a comfortable space, per se, and not like as in, uh, because I'm comfortable physically, but a lot of times, you know, I'm dealing with a lot more than just trying to get the pod done, and I'm a human being, so, you know, uh, sometimes things get delayed, Um, and like I said, well, you guys know, like, I got hella kids, and, you know, they germs be everywhere, so... Um, I just wasn't feeling it. I was, was a little bit off. Uh, tried to do, uh, tried to record it the past two days, and I just, I was just too fatigued. You know, my vo- uh, my voice was very fatigued. Just migraines or what have you, sniffles and, and stuff like that. But I'm like, I, I got to get up and I, I have to do it. So as always, I appreciate you for tuning in I, um, and listening. I appreciate your support and everything um, that comes with it. Very appreciative. This week, though, on top of that, on top of not feeling, you know, my best, on top of, you know, trying to maneuver through the kids and and what they go through on the day to day, it just, it was a crazy week um, on both, you know, work and, you know, with the kids. I found my footing with this new assignment that I'm on at work. And so now um, it's just a matter of getting the, the actual work done. Like, I'm, I don't like talking to people for real. Like, I, I don't like too many meetings. And I know a lot of people, you know, are this way. Like, they, they rather stuff, like, kind of be emailed to them or, or be brief and not in a full-on meeting setting. But as we all know, they gonna, you know, corporate America, they going to call a useless meeting, right? Um, so... That creates a lot of frustrations to me. I'm, I'm more of a, like, just give me the instructions. Let me get to going. If I have questions, I'll ask the questions, you know. So just give me the foundation of whatever it is you're, you're trying to ask me to do. And then um, I'll get to it, right? And so it's been messing with me mentally, this idea that, you know, in my job, and I can only speak for the job that I have. I don't know how it works in other people's offices, but... The idea of change is their motto, right? Got to be prepared for change in this world, and you got to be able to just at the flick, uh, you know, at the, the the drop of a dime, at the click of a switch, you got to be able to just change and, and get right in. And what is not being talked about is how difficult that can be, right? You have a world full of multitaskers that can efficiently do multiple things at the same exact time, 
get it done properly, you know, in a timely manner. But you also have people on the flip side of that who cannot multitask, right? And not even necessarily multitask, but uh, the constant switching of work, of responsibilities, of items, of whatever, um, you have to, how do I say you have to switch your mind, right? You have to switch your, your mental priorities, how you're going to attack it, um, how do you want this handled? Because in the field that I'm in, sometimes how they want it handled and how it should be handled don't match up. How it should be handled and how they want it handled, it just it, it don't match up, right? And so with that, um, it creates frustration. It creates a lot of verbal commands, and, and then when when – when the task is complete, everybody is, is clueless onto the verbal command. So it's just, it, it becomes difficult. And that's been my frustration the past, like, I want to say the last year at this point, right? It just, it, it whatever is going on in the world is constantly changing the job, which creates a frenzy down the chain. And it's like, okay, I'm in the trenches working this stuff. I got to get proper um, education. I got to get proper uh, direction, right? Give me that up front and let me let me do what I'm going to do. Like, don't, don't meeting me to death. And so this week I found my footing. I, I have understanding of how they want the stuff handled, what they want done. So this week was a little bit, um, it was a little bit easier. The frustration was still there because of constant movement and, you know, putting this person in here and taking this part. Like, it's just, it's still frustrating. But the mental gymnastics, like, it's exhausting. And I'm in this space now to where I just got to speak up. So it's like, it's certain things that I'm just not going to do with certain things that, like, it's just not going to happen. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'll, I'll die on that hill you can write me up or whatever but it's just certain things i'm just not going to do because once the job starts to affect my personal mental health gotta chill i'm not gonna let you like, like i'm not gonna let you stress me out for real and once i start feeling like that then that's when i'm like uh for lack of other words that's when combativeness starts and I I'm saying that because that's how they see it but it's really just you're pushing me too far and you push me too hard or too much Right. And it's like normally I'm I'm a worker and I know that's super sad, but I'm a worker to be right. But in my mind, I could quit this job whatever I want to. No one's forcing me at gunpoint to stay at this particular company in this particular field. So with that being said, as uncomfortable as I am, I'm comfortable because it's now my chaos. I have found my normal in the chaos and until, you know, the, the business jumps, you know, until uh, infinitely complex jumps, then I gotta stick to the nine to five and allow that to uh, be the, the investment of what I'm trying to accomplish in my, uh, in my life, right? Um, as I find my footing, in these type of things, like, cause I try to apply, like whatever I'm talking about on a podcast, I really be trying to apply that in my mental 
and my physical life, right? It don't matter if it's my employer, it don't matter if it's people I'm doing business with, my kids, what have you. I really try to think about that. And it's always, again, whether it's good or bad, it's always outward. And we're not looking at that flip side of the frustrated person like, yo, this is too much. Right. A lot of us tend to not say stuff because we don't want to be that bad seed of the team and we don't want to seem like a team player. But in reality, for me, I rather let you know I'm mentally exhausted. This is too much or this is confusing rather than be silent and just continuing to do something incorrectly. My new. My new super. She's really good as a result to shutting down the messiness, per se. Once, like, I, like, yo, this, once I tell her, like, yo, this was going on, I'm telling you right now, this is, like, I'm already, you know, on the verge of quitting every single day. I'm not going to tolerate this. Like, she tends to, she, she gets on it, um, and tries to rectify or whatever, or she'll advise me to, you know, do this or do that or yada, yada, whatever. So I didn't have that previously. It was just like a, just a full on mess of, you know, everybody point here, point there. It's not my fault. It's his fault. It's her fault, et cetera. And so that made for a very, very uh, uncomfortable working environment. Still the frustration is there, but she's eased that. She's eased that for me. And so I know, like, I have been complaining about being shifted so often, right? Um, but this particular shift that I've been on the past three weeks, like, I didn't even realize that I was so busy being frustrated about the constant change. I didn't realize what I was not having to deal with anymore. So for the past... I want to say two weeks. It could be three. It's two or three weeks. I don't. I don't know. But I've been working a completely different assignment away from my team. Meaning, I don't like we're not uh, going over each other. Meaning, I don't see them do whatever they're doing. They don't see me doing whatever I'm doing. So I don't have to deal with the messiness of emails from them or them trying to blame me and da, 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 and and me trying to retaliate and look for things or not even look for things because it's like I've stated many a time before it's so many like the people who are extremely messy right it's so many things that I see them do that they shouldn't and there's so many things I see that they don't do that they should but I don't say nothing I just I just work because I'm there to work I'm not I'm not there to make friends or enemies right and so I want to say Monday, like this past Monday, like it had hit me like, oh, I haven't gotten one of them dumbass emails. Like I haven't got one of them dumbass uh, instant messages from anybody. And so it's like, all right, bet as, as frustrating as the change was, I got to look at it both, both sides, right? It's not just about the frustration of what I'm going into. Like I always say, you got to find your new normal. It took me three weeks. And my new normal, you know, at least until May, June, is that I don't got to deal with the messiness of those people. Are the meetings that I have to take and have to do, are they annoying somewhat? Yeah. But if I'm being honest, I'll take these 30-minute hour meetings um, 
over dealing with the cattiness of of the office because it, it's it's not conducive. It 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 affects my work ethic. I don't be wanting to do nothing, and I'm one of them people that like. I'm very, very calm, but when I'm not calm, I'm not calm, and I get really petty, and I'm, you know, I'm the youngest. I was, like, I was raised with me and my two older brothers, and I'm the youngest. My petty, my, my, like, my pettiness is ridiculous, not even on purpose, right? It, it, it just is what it is, so I really try to keep that within me, if I'm being honest, because... I, I, it, it could go there. I could be as petty as uh, as the rest of them, but that's not who I want to be. Like I want to be, regardless of what people do and say to me, I want to be, you know, who, excuse me, who I say that I am. Like regardless, and so I stick to that to the best that I possibly can. So I don't go to tip for tat. You know, I don't do the title telling and stuff like that. I address it if it's brought to me. But other than that, you listen. This ain't my money. This ain't my my company. Um, I'm not here to be the police of you. I'm here to, uh, to accomplish my task and to get it done to help whatever I need to help, whatever I signed up for. Um, but just being able to now and like realizing that Monday, it relieved so much. Just being able to go into work. I don't really have to do anything, you know, with my current team, you know, just my, you know, my morning meetings and stuff like that. And then I'm away from them, you know, doing this, this project that I'm on, um, also, I was dealing with some insecurities this this week, for real. I don't know, man. It's just I be thinking about like random things, because um, I I really be wanting to just sit down, um, and I do for the most part. I really just be sitting down. Like I told you, I'm not hunting for no relationship, no anything like that. Um, but even without me being in the field, like really on some hunting type stuff, like the insecurities come up, right? Like I told y'all that I'd already made up in my mind um, how I would like come 40 and after I had already made up in my mind how I'm moving. So it's like, I'm comfortable still. Like I'm comfortable not hunting. I'm comfortable just, you know, just relaxing and stuff like that. But insecurities still pop up. Um, and I think it's just because the idea of someone catching my eye enough for me to be like, oh, okay, this is this could be something, right? Or or this is a thing. I fall back because I'm like, man, all these kids, man, the depression. Man, the anxiety. Mind you, I'm not hunting. So it's like, why, why, like, why is this attacking me? Why are these insecurities, these insecurities come, you know, popping up? Like, I take care of my kids. Right. And this, this goes back to, to a couple, uh, I think it was the last week or the week before, when we were talking about silencing the, the critic, right? Making sure that, or uh, trying to differentiate between is it true criticism that you are giving yourself or, are you bugging? And so I deal with that a lot. And this week was was no different. Like I was just like, like I really had to have a conversation with myself. Like, why you be bugging about that? Like I'm not rich by no means. Um, and yeah, you know, sometimes it's extremely check to check. But for the most part, like I I raised my my four sons without no help for real. You know, and it's like it's it's. 
it's like I get a couple hundred here and there, like for real here and there. It's nothing on a consistent um, on a consistent basis. Um, but it's like I discount that when I'm thinking about relationships because my mind is it, it immediately goes to somebody's going to assume that I'm trying to be with them for help with the kids. The reality of it is, though, is I have a kid that's that's off to college next year. Um, my 15-year-old is uber independent. He don't really ask for much. My 13-year-old also, he's very independent, don't ask for much. So technically, you know, I have an 11-year-old. Right, and he's still he he's still kind of young minded, um, but he's also independent to an extent. He's he's outside of emotionally, right? He's still emotionally dependent on me to big him up to stuff like that, which I'll do that for the rest of my life if I have to. I don't care. But as far as him cooking, cleaning, moving around the house and stuff like that, knowing danger and yada yada, he's he's good then. Um, and so I have to think about that when, when these insecurities pop up. Like, like, yo, yeah, you got a bunch of kids, but you don't have the same issues as society is making it out to be, right? All, you know, five of my kids are by one person and I have a daughter by someone else. I'll tell you, I love my, I love my oldest daughter to no end. But I tell people all the time, even in the most coolest times even when there was no beef whatsoever no issues whatsoever one of the disappointments of my life is having multiple mothers of my kids i never wanted to 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 do that um but it happened it's life right so again there's another insecurity oh you got multiple baby mamas but the thing is i don't have baby mama drama i'm very much a non-dramatic person I'm not dealing with that, and if that's how it has to be, then I disconnect myself completely from everything. Like, I'm just, I'm not arguing, I'm not doing that, I'm not going to jail, I'm not sending you to jail if I don't have to, like, I'm not doing none of that. So, having to think about that daily, or having to think about that, let me not even say daily, randomly, as it hits, it fucks my mind up. Because now I have to fight the critic in me to say, like, you are worthy, uh, you are enough, you deserve to have love. And I like, and, and so that triggers something else. Like, well, am I, do I feel so less than that I put this deadline on my life of relationships? Am I that insecure that I'm like, all right, by 40, because my mind, like 40, I'm gonna be a little bit older, right? I'm not gonna, like, I don't even have the urge to date for real. Like, I don't even, like, and I'm just keeping it a buck. I don't even have the urge to go out and hunt. I, I've, I've, I'm exhausted from it. I'm exhausted from trying to, you know, get women to understand that the internet is, that should be the last place that you get advice and standards from. Um, and then it's like, I have to deal with my insecurities and the other person's insecurities you know, I got to be able to fight through that. And it's just like, it's, it's exhausting, right? Do I think that I should have put this deadline on myself? No, but, you know, I'm not going to ride this shit out if needed. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not hunting. I'm, I'm just not. I know that sounds super crazy. I'm not one of these alpha males like, oh, you got to, you, you got to get out there. You, you're, no, I've done it. 
I've searched and I searched and I searched and I searched. And every fucking time I search, I end up dolo. Because I'm get I'm I'm presenting who I am. Right? I'm giving you all of me, the real version of me, no rep uh, no representative. And you know, it seems good and sounds good, but then as as time's going, I don't change and this is who I really am. It's like, oh shit. Bro, love way too hard. Bro, way too given. Like he, like, like this is it. Like I don't know how to be anything other than that, right? I don't know how to, I don't know how not to go hard in a relationship. Regardless, the problem with that though is that when I'm going hard, the smallest thing, the smallest thing could fracture the trajectory of me going hard for you, and then as equally as I'm going hard, I'm gonna be evil. That was a big reason why I sat down. I don't handle heartbreak well. I don't, I don't handle disrespect well. I don't handle lying on me. I don't handle it well. I'm going to get evil with you. But I have to be who I say that I am to me. So therefore, because I know I, I, know I was that way, and I can't say I, I am that way today because I haven't been in a relationship. But that's who I was, and that's a big part of the reason why I sat down because I know how easily... When I'm in love and I'm pouring and I'm and I'm just doing all these things and being, you know, this 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 husband like man. I know that the smallest fracture it like I'm going to match your energy now. You know, and so that's part of the reason why I sat down, because I can't I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be in anybody's on anybody's list of societal behaviors. Like, I'm acting like this because this is what I see, not because of what I know. I'm acting so tough in relationships because this is what's portrayed. I can't be emotional in relationships because this is what's portrayed, right? Nah, I'm move like that. I'm gonna be me, and you could you could say whatever, you could say whatever. You can laugh, you can judge, you can tell your friend, you could you could do all that, and then I'm still gonna be me to the day that I die because there's gonna be somebody for me if it's meant for me. Right. So having these random insecurities pop up and these random thoughts, especially while I'm not hunting for real, it gets kind of frustrating because I got to kind of relive everything and bring myself um, back to reality. And it, it, it sometimes takes a few days for me to, to get back there because I am a good person. Right. And again, it goes back to being able to compliment yourself, being able to just accept who you are and accept the things that you do. Um, that's good because I'm a, like when I do things wrong um, and I hurt people or I say things I shouldn't say, like I, I'm first. I'll be the first to be like, yo, I was wild. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have did that because my life is now based on who I who I say I am. And it has been for some time now. Like, it really isn't about the opinions of outside people. Like, I have, like I said before, I have, like, just because I don't really, I don't really know. I'll say I have seven people that really, really matter to me as far as opinions go. Like, for real, for real. Now, I'll say eight because, 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 I'll say nine because five of them is my kids that's, that's living. Rest in peace, Kennedy. Um, but other than that, I don't, it's not, it's not too many people 
that could tell me something um, that could affect me enough to change, right? And I have it that way purposely because I don't need a bunch of people telling me shit, but I also don't need to be the only one telling myself shit. So I think four people outside of my five kids, four people, I think that's, that's enough for me. That That's a sweet spot for me of, that's a sweet spot of me of not trying to control a situation too much, but also not giving up too much control to others as a result to how I maneuver. Um, and even then, when, 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 when those four people suggest things or, you know, we have conversations about certain things, I'm just, it's not always like, oh, that was, that was so profound. I'm going to change this or do this or do this. It's not always that. Sometimes I'm like, all right, that should, it sounds good, but it don't make sense for me. And so I just, that, that's just, that's how I move. Um, but insecurities, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. Because a lot of times, it be shit that you, that you made up yourself that nobody in there really paying attention to. But you, you, you come up with it because of the things that you've seen growing up, because of the things that you heard growing up. Um, and you still kind of see it today. So it's just, it was just a crazy, crazy week for me trying to just align everything. Like, and it's just funny because it's never work is good, the situation with the kids is good. It's never the money flowing good and I had a good week. It's never, you know, uh, relationship going good. Like, it's, all, it, it's, it's always something because it has to balance out and you can't, like, it can't be too much chaos because, like I say, like, if all you are used to in chaos, you're still going to find peace in it because now that's your normal. If everything is perfection, you're going to find peace in it. And either way, you're going to be uh, complacent in both after uh, so much time because there's no change. There's nothing to um, shock you to move to the next thing. There's nothing to encourage you to move to the next thing. And that's what allows me to pull myself back and, and not get too high on myself, but also not get too low on myself. It, it's difficult because, again, I am a person who grew up in a time where nothing was good enough. Like everything was, all right, you did that, do it again. All right, you did that, what you going to do next week? All right, you got 10 points, get 20 points. You got one steal, get three steal. Like that's just a constant way of life that it was, was instilled in me. So you can't, like, I, I can't be comfortable, if that makes sense, right? I get up, I do the pod every week. Like, one one listen is, is, is championship for me. One view is championship for me. Because that let me know that what I'm saying, like, at least one person heard it. Now, if it helped that person or not, who knows? But you took the time to at least try to be helped. I don't talk about numbers for that reason alone, because it's always, oh, you got to do better, got to do better, got to do better. And as I'm got to do, as I have to do better, it, like it is what it is. As I'm growing this podcast and the business, I know numbers count. I know money counts. I know that's the goal to try to make this into a, 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 profitable, a profitable business, right? I get it. But if I keep focusing on the next 10, and the next 10, and the next 10, 
that first 10 is being left behind. That's why it's always been difficult for me when that's it, to share an accomplishment, but and then someone says, oh, that's good, but you got to do it next year. You know what you know what it took for me to do it this year? You know how many sleepless nights I've had to get this pod done? You know how many tears I shed to get this pod done? You know how many technical hours of, of learning things that I have no clue how to work or operate to get this pod done? No, I'm a, I'm a relish in this episode. I'm a relish in this accomplishment because it takes so much and took so much for me to get here. My work ethic ain't gonna change. Right, like like this was this was always my frustration. I played football from from. I played football from the age of six to like my early twenties, minus the minus the year that Dederick and, and Timothy made me quit. So from six years old to maybe twenty, no, I got married at twenty two. So six years old to. I want to say twenty. I'll be generous and say till 21. I've always played football, right? I ran track from nine years old to my senior year, for my to my senior year of high school. My work ethic increased every year. So you telling me that's good, but what you're gonna do next week is disrespectful. If I work hard and I'm and I'm doing this week after week, why are you not saying, yo, your work ethic is crazy? Continue to give me that work ethic. Because if I'm if my work ethic is what it is and I'm giving you the best and I'm winning, why are you worried about next year? You already see what I can do. Barring me getting hurt, my work ethic ain't gonna change. So why can't I enjoy the moment? This win is not going the win is not going to make me not work as hard. I don't know where where this way of thinking came from where uh when you are a winner you have to not accept the win and f- now immediately focus on next year. Everybody want everybody wants to have this quote unquote mamba mentality without understanding If we continue to not celebrate the wins, we end up like I am now. Don't not accept a compliment. I can do something dope right now in your face. I won't know it's dope. And even if I feel a smidget that it's dope, I ain't going to say nothing. Not because I don't think it's dope or I don't feel like I, I like, there's been times where I did, like, like there are some of my poems that I 100% know are great. From how it's structured, how I speak it, the cadence. Like, I know it's great. I don't be saying shit. Because that creates the competition. Oh, that's great, but it's not good as this. It's not good as that. Like, I'm telling you now, if you put people, like, when, put somebody in front of me if you want to. And, and, and create a competition if you want to. Now go ahead. And then we're we're gonna we're gonna see how it how it transpires. I can't talk like that though. I got oh, you know, they they are really good. 
Yeah, they do have more views than me. Yeah, they they've been on this show and that show. And it's like, listen, a lot of people are where they are because they had an opportunity that you that you didn't. Not that their skill is better than yours. Again, I, I watch football and I played football at the time. I was nine, so I was twenty something. I have never seen someone as skilled as my brother play football at the position that he plays, right? The opportunity wasn't there. If you put his numbers up against some of your best cornerbacks, you're going to be like, like if you just don't put nobody's name on it. If you don't put nobody's name on it and you put his stats up against your best cornerback, he's going to be in that conversation. He ain't played in the NFL. He's great at what he does. Everything that, that everything he put his hands on becomes great. Everything. I hate when I talk about him because I, I, I get I get emotional to an extent and I be kind of losing losing my focus on what I'm trying to say because I get so frustrated about his life. Um But he has a good one. He 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 does. Um, hold on, I gotta find my point now because that just threw me off. Oh, I'm talking about insecurity. So, so yeah. So we get into these, we get into these uh, these situations to where we can't even enjoy our our wins from that. That's a that's the seed of insecurity uh, insecurities because we get older and we think that that's okay. We tell our friends, "Yo, that's crazy. Go do it again. Go get me another one." Without even like without even acknowledging how crazy it is that you got here. I think my my brother got an interception one year. He got an interception or two every single game of the regular season. I'm pausing on purpose because anybody who played football at any level, getting an interception a game or two in some games, if I'm not mistaken, a couple games he got three. I could be pushing it, but for sure I know two games he got two picks, but the rest for sure he got he got a pick at least. He's actually in the Hall of Fame at his school. The consistency there to say do it again next year. What? That's how life is. You can be your best every week of your life, and they're still going to say, do better. Don't be complacent. Sir, do you know what it took for me to get here? Because that's the life that we live. Now I have insecurities of not being enough. I have insecurities about my kids not being enough. Um, I have insecurities about, you know, oh, people just see me. People just see me. And the amount of kids that I have, they don't see that, you know, ain't nobody popping up in my house. Ain't no drama. They don't see, he don't go back and forth online, you know, with, with a baby mama. He don't, none of that. They just see hella kids. They don't know, like, 
I raised these kids. Junior is, Junior will be 17 in March. It's been 10, 11 years. Ten, closer to ten. Where I've been doing this shit dolo. I don't care what it looked like for the people who 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 watch and or listen to this podcast. I don't care what it looks like. I'm telling you factual information. I have been doing this consistently for at least ten years at this point. Dolo. But my mind says, oh, if I go try to date, oh, you have kids? Yeah, I got, you know, I have six kids, da-da-da-da-da. That's all they see. They, it, you don't get no further, like, oh, same mom, were you married? You, you don't even get that far. You just see the kids, all right, immediate baby mama drama. That stems from not having that confidence of being okay. Not being not being able to uh, be appreciated for the accomplishment that that is made that turns around and it puts you in positions like 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 I'm in, right? And so that happened this week, and I just was I was struggling, man. I was struggling, and what what made it more sad again? I'm like, bro, you're not even hunting. Like, why are you tripping? Why are you even worried about how that even looks? But it's a part of you know. The mental stuff that I'm going through, certain things that pop in my head, and I'm like, yo, like, for what? Um, with that, you know, as I'm as I'm dealing with all of that, of course, I'm still dealing with grief. And it's certain times that is just horrible, right? I have a therapist though. Like, I always laugh. Uh, I always laugh because I saw, I used to see this all the time. It's like, if your therapist doesn't have a therapist, then there's a problem. And I've also seen some some um, some posts where it's like, you know, the, if your therapist is a good therapist, ask them for their therapist and then go to them, which I think is kind of shady. You know, um, don't. Like it's, I think it's kind of shady. It is what it is. But the point, I'm, the the point that I'm saying is that, or that I'm trying to make is that, as I'm trying to continuously heal myself and learn how to deal with loss properly, right? And I think I'm dealing good for the most part. Um, I allow myself to uh, cry when I need to. I'm not taking out my loss on anybody. Um, I'm not. You know, being aggressive towards situations like my only thing that I struggle with is allowing myself to enjoy the idea of someone else having their their kid. Right. Um, when I see. And this is even before, you know, Kennedy passed. It was difficult for me to watch men be able to to deal with their daughters. Very, very difficult. Because I'm looking through my Dropbox, and I don't know what's being said about me on the other side, but I have proof of how involved I was with my oldest daughter. I have hundreds of pictures of proof of how involved that I was with her. 
when Kennedy passed that it it took it to the like I mean I can't like my brother sent me a picture of my great niece and she was still in her blanket and um you know the, the hospital blanket beanie I broke down that's still a trigger for me that's the that's the first and last outfit that I saw Kennedy in was the blanket the beanie you know so when I saw that I wasn't even I wasn't even able to be happy for my niece. Right? This is my blood niece. This is my eldest brother's kid. It's like I wasn't even able to be happy because that triggered me so much because that was the last thing that I saw my baby in before, you know, I had her cremated. So I'm like uh, I'm I'm healing, right? Like but I still have triggers. It's not it's not a day to day where, you know, I'm tripping and bugging out on people, but it's certain things that trigger me. Like if I'm in a store and it's too much crying, like too much baby crying, like I'll dip. I'll completely leave the basket. I'll dip. Like if I'm on the phone with somebody and they got kids and it's in and, and, and it's too difficult, I'll I'll get off the phone. Right? I'm not I'm doing that for me. I'm very respectful. Hey, I gotta go. I can't like this is this is difficult for me. I thought I was prepared to to be able to handle these things, but I'm not. So as I'm dealing with that type of stuff, I keep telling y'all this podcast is to help people that are struggling with mental health issues, uh, struggling with grief uh, of any kind, of any kind. And so I'm going into my space of learning how, like, as I'm as I'm going through this journey of healing for myself, I've learned things to help get through it, but I want to make it and put it in more of an official capacity. And so I'm moving into that space of learning how to coach people through this type of stuff, right? Like I, I do it, I do it on a lower level right now and I'm very good at it. No matter how y'all see this podcast, I'm like I'm very good at helping people get through whatever they need to get through. And it's weird because I've always been, I've always been able to do this. I told you guys before, every single relationship that I've been in, for whatever reason, they had some type of issue, you know, with their family. Because I'm more of a, a person, I don't see titles in families. I see people. So it's like you, you, you're not gonna disrespect me because you're the parent, the grandparent, the uncle, and I'm uh, and and I'm a child. Uh, especially if I'm an adult, no, you know what I mean? Because a lot of times in families, no matter how old you get, you still the little homie. But for me, I don't look at it like that. Like I pay my own, I, I pay my bills, my bills are paid. So you're not gonna treat me any kind of way. And so I've always been able to help people get through difficult moments like this. But the problem with that is I uh, inherit those emotions. So now I'm frustrated and I'm mad at your people for you while I'm helping you because like, like why y'all like that? So moving into this space now to where I completely accept and acknowledge my purpose in moving into the space to, to coach others through it, um, I realize, I have more realization of who I am as a human being, right? Like being in this space and, and healing and, and really paying attention to my mental health, it really has allowed me to reduce my anger about stuff. Like I don't be arguing with nobody. Like, it's not even on some, like, I'm smarter than you, I'm better than you because I don't argue, but I've been there before and I know where that shit take me. 
And so I'm, I don't, I, I'm able to reduce my anger faster. Um, I'm able to find peace faster because I want to be peaceful. It's challenging. It's challenging. But my meditation has become stronger. My understanding has, has become stronger um, and, and, and very much deep as it uh, results to who I am. Like, even though I'm struggling with certain aspects of, you know, the depression, the anxiety, the paranoia, I'm free. And I say I'm free because I accept whatever it is. Whatever it is is going on with me mentally, whatever's going on with the chemical, I accept what it is. So now I can get better. I'm, den I'm done with the denial part of, of any type of illness. All right, you said it, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna research to make sure what you're saying is real. And then once that, I, I'm, I gotta get to that, that point. I, got, I have to get to that point of acceptance quick so that I can find out what I'm supposed to do to get out of whatever it is. Like for me, um, I'm, I, I'm functioning. Unless you talk to me for real, which I don't really talk to people, you don't really know that I'm going through depression. If you, especially if you don't live in my house, you don't you don't really know. You don't know that the anxiety is weird. You don't know the paranoia is weird. Only because I because I tell you, because I'm aware of how my emotions come off. Because I'm aware of how my wording comes off. My you know when I'm just responding to resp I'm aware of that. So I take my time with my responses. I'm not arguing, so like I'm li I'm listening immediately. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think that's like like you mad at something else. I, I see that, and you just this is just what it is. So I'm not gonna argue with you. I don't do too much of stuff to create argument. So it's like eight out of ten times I don't you arguing because you mad at something else, not because of me. And stepping into this space now to really want to open up to help people, it allows me to to figure me out. It has allowed me, because I, I'm very serious about this and really stepping into my purpose, it has given me ways and understanding of the necessity of peace for me. The necessity of knowing I'm great to me. Because I can't coach. One, I can't get through whatever it is I need to get through, and I can't coach if I don't think that I'm, I'm up. Uh, uh, if I don't think that I'm of good enough stock and standard to do so. If I'm still searching for the next do better, do better, do better. I don't get to sit in the part that I'm better at. I don't get to sit in the part that I'm good at, the, the steps that I took to get to that point. And so when those insecurities hit uh, this week, that's what I just start, hey, why, why are you tripping? I start running down who I am to my kids. I start running down, you know, what the community says about my kids. I start running down their grades. I start running, uh, running down, you know, their friends, their manual. I start running all that down. What are, like, why are you insecure? Like, you, you raised four boys. They independent. You know, they love. They, they care. Again, them and I. We have our issues because they they men or they young the young men be coming into their own. 
And even if I'm not tripping on them, the testosterone is going to force them to try to find their, their way in their independence. And when you're young and your testosterone is high, you don't have understanding. So you're going to respond in a in an aggressive way or you're going to respond in a way that you think is correct until you are you are properly taught how to handle your emotions. So that's part of my job. So when you wilding out and you talking crazy, it's my job to be like, yo, I'll beat your fucking ass. Relax. When you get a little bit of muscle and you want a chest bump, it's my job to pin your ass up against the wall. Hey. Relax, because you don't have no understanding. You just think you, just because you're strong and because you have you you have energy, you think that that's what it is. It has to be correction, and so that's where I'm at now in life. It's about correcting. So as I'm healing from any trauma, I'm correcting my stance on it. So that one, it can't happen again. Two, if it does happen again, I'm prepared to defend it. See, a lot of things that happen to me happen just like everybody else because we don't want to speak up about certain things. We don't want to talk about it even when it happens. We don't, uh, we don't want to come off as combative. And that's something that I do to this day, which really pisses me off. Um, before, a lot of times, especially in professional settings, when I don't agree with something, I always preface the statement by, I'm not trying to be combative, but, and even though I'm not trying to be combative, it now turns into me being combative because I did that preface, if that makes sense. Um, but I had to learn I had to return or I had to I had to learn um I had to learn that me standing up for myself and me saying what I feel doesn't need to be prefaced with I'm not trying to be combative. These are my feelings of whatever the situation is or whatever uh whatever is being said to me and I have to be okay with just saying what I what I need to say, like as long as again, I, I, my standard is if I'm saying what's in my heart, what's in my mind, and it's not hatred, you gotta deal with that. And you can process it, and you can say or do whatever it is that you want to do with that information. But I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you make me feel the way. But that comes with. Dealing with my insecurities often, dealing with accountability of situations often, um, being able to sit still and just think about the rights and wrongs. Like, like I always say, when the trigger hits or the trauma, you know, resurfaces now, you know, at this age, it's not so much of why you did that to me. It's more of how did I get in that position for you to speak to me that way? How did I stay in that position to allow you to continue to treat me that? Like, what did I do to get here? Like, what in, what in my character, my actions, my mannerisms, what in that, allow, like, said to you, treat him like this? Because he going to stay regardless. It's the insecurities. Everybody that I've been with knows my insecurities because, again, I'm open up front. 
And so when you're dealing with the wrong people, they take the insecurities, they take the trauma, they take the secrets, they take the pain that, that no one knows but you and them, and they take that and they concoct this character of who you are and they treat you accordingly. Once they figure out like, oh, you, you he ain't gonna go nowhere. He, he gonna deal with this because the way his mind works, he'll rather work through something than to let it go and restart. I've always been that way. People have seen that and I've been pressed to the fucking max of emotions, of disrespect, all of that. And I just stayed. I just stayed until I couldn't. I would still be dealing with my daughter's mom had the statement about my sons never came about. The disrespect to me is fine, my previous way of thinking. It is what it is, we adults. It ain't that bad. You're not trying to kill me, yada, yada, whatever. And don't take disrespect over my kids. I don't never want to pit my kids against, against each other, but I'm not leaving any of my kids for the other kid. I'm not going to continue to fight to be who I know I am. Like, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to continue to do that. My health is not good enough for that. My mental strength is not good enough. For, I'm not going to continue to fight. And, and the reason why I kept putting myself through all this trauma month after month after month, because my mind says society is not going to believe this. They're going to still say, no matter what, you got to continue to fight. But we never talk about how frustrating and difficult that gets how it tears you down mentally, how it breaks you every single time you try to fight for your child or this thing or that thing, and the outcome is always against you. And you are like, like if you look on paper, it shouldn't be. If you look on natural actions, it shouldn't be, but it is. These societal standards that are placed upon us. And I, again, I talk about societal standards probably every six episodes because it's important. And we have to break free from what everybody else thinks in this overall umbrella and to break free and just get wet for a little bit to figure that shit out. Situation determines your position. You might think you are very, very important where you at, but that's because the situation calls for it. The, the, that situation says you are important. That situation says you are in charge, you are the boss. But if you go to the next situation where you lack knowledge and understanding, you're not the boss. We got to keep that close to our chest and understand that no matter how you slice it, you're not as important as you think you are in the times that you think you are. If someone says to me, I'm gonna put you on stage, right? I'm gonna put you and somebody else on stage. 
we're both at an equal playing field. I'm very comfortable being on stage. I've spoken, um, I've done inspirational speaking on stages. I was in the band, you know, I played on, on, on stages in front of, you know, 50 to 100 people, nothing crazy, right? Um, maybe a few, maybe uh, a few thousand when I, you know, played in our city's rival game in the Rose Bowl, right? If you put me in under the lights on a stage, I still have an advantage. It doesn't matter who you put me on the stage with. I still have an I still have a, an advantage equal to that person because I'm I'm assuming that that person also has been on a stage or two before. If you say to me, "Okay, now choreograph a dance." Everybody who knows me knows that I used to I I love to dance in high school. Actually, you know, even elementary, elementary to high school, I just really loved dancing. Like, that was my shit, right? I'm not a choreographer, though. So if you put me on a stage in that situation, I am, I am not the leader. I could do the butt. I could freak. I could uh, uh, do the Tootsie Roll, the walk. Like, I, I, could, like, I could do even some of these new dances that they, that they got, a few of them, right? But as far as getting you an eight count, in order, make it flow. I can't do that. I'm out of position there. So I'm going to look to the next. You dance? Yeah, I'm following you. I'm following you because the situation determines the position. Now, in that same breath, if the, if, if, if the person says, okay, after you dance, I need you to give me two minutes of poetry in the same exact spot that I'm in, in the same activity that I'm doing, the same person that I stepped on stage with five minutes ago, I now become the leader. Why? Because I am great at poetry. Because that's my shit. That's what I study. Um, and that's what I do. So we can be standing in the same place and in, a, in, 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 in the, the blink of an eye, the power will shift with the knowledge that we have. The situation determines your position. Stop allowing people to make you feel small. It's been many a times that I've been in situations to where I shrunk myself because somebody had more money than me. I shrunk myself because somebody had more views than me. Whole while in my mind, I'm like, nah, you're wrong. Right. That, that's not how that works. But because you have because society says more money equals more power, uh, more views equals more leverage. And you don't want to offend these. You don't want to offend these people that you're trying to do business with or uh, trying to do business, you know, like like looking at them like, oh, I see how they move and yada, yada, whatever. I like a few things like you don't want to offend these people. But you have the knowledge to shift the power in that situation. Society got us fucked up in thinking, all right, because you have more money, you have more knowledge. I'll never forget this clip that I saw of Diddy. Because people be like, oh, Diddy don't do this and he don't do that or love, whatever, whatever his name is. I'll never forget. He said, that'd be the problem with y'all. I've done all this before. 
The goal is to do it enough to get enough money to pay people to do it for you. Some people will be like, ah, oh, that's not authentic. Like, you can't be putting your name in it if you ain't work for it and stuff like that. And I'm using Diddy loosely. I know the type of stuff that be said uh, said about him, but this clip really, it it really got to me in a positive way because it made me realize that we be standing in these rooms and having these conversations with these people and have the full knowledge of the person that we think is so great, the person that we think is so so uh, powerful, and we don't understand the shifting of position. We don't understand the situation can easily turn, and we have to be the leader of, of that thing. And we have to get out of that idea that people are better and or worse than us because you don't fucking know just because you have a million dollars and I don't it doesn't make you better than me it, you have better things than me yes you have more time than me yes but it doesn't make you better than me as a human being right the same this the the, the same knowledge that someone can pay for in a uh, in a very quick way I can get that knowledge too. It's going to take me a little bit longer because I don't have access to those upper tier things. Is it fair? No, life ain't fucking fair. Right? I, we all should have the same access to everything. We don't. What are we fucking going to do about it? Right? It's been decades and ages and centuries where shit just don't be working for real. Right? For certain cultures, for certain um, gender, like the shit just don't be working. So what are we going to do? Are we going to keep fighting for it to change? Or are we going to keep trying to get the knowledge while fighting for said thing to change, for understanding to change, for position to shift? Because I know it's a lot of us that a lot of us out there that sit at these jobs and it'd be a lot of us creatives that be in these spaces and know certain things but won't say shit because we don't wanna lose that opportunity, right? Even if it's something super gentle, we still don't say that shit because it's like, oh, this might, this might offend them, who am I? I'm just a year out of school. They graduated 10 years ago and they doing this and they doing that. The problem, with, the, the, the problem that I have with that and the, one of the biggest reasons why I have the communication level that I do with my kids because what was is not is and what is will, is, uh, will not always be. And it's just simple as that. Meaning everything is constant. Everything is in constant rotation, constant movement. A thing that I knew two weeks ago could come by my son's, you know, per, uh, uh, view and it'd be, it'd be different. He explained it to me different. He said it to me. And it's like, yo, well, two weeks ago, yada, yada. Pops, it's been 14 days. What you, what you talking about? Like, think about that when it comes to the trends, right? You look at social media and... Um, you have these cooking videos, right? And I don't know if I talked about this. I know I talked about this, but I don't remember if I talked about it on the pod or not. You have these cooking videos. This is a guy. He's so aggressive with the chopping, right? So you have the sound, the clicking of the knife, the shredding of the cheese, the sprinkle of the salt, the 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 searing, the sizzle of the sear of the steak. Like and you, and it's just clips. It's, it's really quick clips and you just hear like uh, uh, a ASMR type type vibe, right? I've seen like one person do that. 
Within 48 hours, everybody was doing that. Everybody. They weren't doing it. At, they what? They weren't doing it as good as he was. But then everybody started doing it. The dances. It don't even make it 24 hours. Somebody's gonna. Somebody's not only gonna come and take your dance. They're gonna come and take your dance, and they're gonna add to it. And they're gonna add, because it's constant rotation, constant change. Your idea is going to spark a new idea, right? Yeah, I'm not saying, you know, don't don't be out here completely copying people and just trying to take credit. But if you're going to take it, add to it, because that's just how life works. And it sucks that that's it sucks that that's. Um, it sucks that that's what it is and that's how it is. But that's that's how it works. And that's when you start thinking about how situation determines your position. Right. When you're when you are writing or you're in your creative space and stuff like that, it's imperative that you are aware of how great you are. And people are going to take your shit. But you have the leverage because you have the original idea. You are the originator of said thing, regardless of, of how how it is. I mean, I know there's nothing new under the sun, but we have to start understanding that we are good and we deserve uh, the we deserve credit. You don't look away when you're out here like, no, I did that shit first. You don't look away. You look like somebody who worked really hard to come up with something, to create something, to do something, to cook something like you created the idea. That idea started with you. You deserve the right to say, hey, nah, fuck out of here. Because we are taught to share how we are taught to share. Because we are we are forced as kids to share. Like, if you don't share, I'm gonna whoop you type type shit. When you go to school, oh, you have to share. This is, this is not yours. This is for everybody. I know you start playing with it first, but you got to give somebody else a try. Why? I picked this shit up. I'm not done having fun with it. You want to, like what happens is, you want to do it because of how fun I make it look. I'll give you a, a better example. I started playing video games solely because my brothers and my cousins made it look fun. I didn't think about no damn skill. I didn't think about winning or losing. I saw my cousins and my brothers having fun. Until I picked up the sticks. It wasn't so much fun. I was getting my ass torched at every sport game, every fighting game. Um, I couldn't get far as them in Contra. I couldn't get far as them in Pac-Man. Like, none of that shit. Because I jumped into something without understanding. I jumped into something off the appearance of, oh, it looks like this, so I can do it. Right? Now, I spent those hours getting my ass torched for years. I don't think there's nobody on this planet that would be like, yo, he, he beat me in a video game before. Like, it's just, it, it's just that, right? 
My kids come along. They love Street Fighter. Fam, listen. Because I spent all those all those years getting smacked. When they start talking crazy to me, oh, you don't want any of this, that, that, that. I get on Street Fighter and I go 20 and up. The position has now, or the situation has now determined I'm in charge. So when I'm on the sticks with them, watch your fucking mouth. Because you're not about to beat me in Street Fighter. Why? Because I have years and years and years of Street Fighter. If you put me on the sticks with my brothers today, I am the little dog yet again because they have more time, they have expertise, they have more knowledge of said video game. So we have to start realizing our power when we're in certain situations and a power. I'm not meaning arrogance. I'm not meaning be conceited. But what I'm saying is we have to stop getting in these positions. And then losing them because we don't want to look away. You are in that position because you worked for it. You are in that position because someone you are cool with knows your work ethic and you was just chopping it up and they got you in that room. Again, I'm not saying arrogance. I'm not saying being conceited. But what I'm saying is talk your shit. It's imperative that you are able to do that. Because if you keep dumbing yourself down, if you keep dimming your light you're never going to get to the next phase of what you're trying to do you're going to miss that train of of getting to your purpose i'm here to tell you and i'm here to be your patrick swayze of your creative life nobody puts baby in a fucking corner get your ass up Speak freely when you were in those spaces because you earned it. Don't go in there and, and try to step over people. No. But if something comes up and you feel like, all right, look, this is, the, this is the situation. Like, I've worked for this. This is the exact moment that I practice for. Right? You have basketball players that they're going to shoot from a particular spot. Like, they're going to do their workout, but they're going to find a sweet spot, and they're going to shoot 1,000, 2,000 shots a day, 250, 300 a day. They don't know if they're ever going to get that particular shot a day in their life. They don't know. All they know is that if I get this shot right here, because of repetition, we good. Trust me. Because they put themselves in, a, in, in the position for that situation, right? It could be on the fly. It could be on accident. It could be on purpose. It could be planned out. It could be not planned. Whatever. They sit there and they practice that every day. I practice my poetry every day. Mainly haikus uh, because of the time that I have. But I practice every single day. I don't record it every single day because, again, I have other shit that I have to do. This house is, is, is not 
the most silent house um, and I haven't come up with an idea to, I guess, intertwine the poetry with the noise, if, I, if, if that makes sense. But again, it's situation. Understanding that concept, that situation determines your, your position, is why the quote-unquote alpha status shit irks my nerve. Because the way that it's being presented, the way to, like how these guys are talking and, and, and how you know these quote unquote gurus are speaking about this alpha life, right? It's like you're just completely in charge regardless. You the man, you like, you know, you gonna do this, you gonna do that because you the man, because you the strongest, because you're more dominant and shit like that. And it's like, no, no. That's not how that shit works. A nurturer is alpha. A lover is also an alpha. If you put yourself as the protector in a nurturing spot, you're going to be out of place. If you if you are alpha and you out here on this aggression and I'm just I'm out here I'm protecting I'm providing and stuff like that. Well, nurturing is a part of protecting. Nurturing is also a tied a, a a a part of providing. So the idea that you are an alpha uh, and you solely, it got to be like this because I said so because I did this and, and I'm going to do this and you're going to do that. To, it's like, it doesn't make no sense. It don't, it don't, the math is not mathing. Because even as, an alpha, even as an alpha, you need help. Even as an alpha, you're not going to know anything. Also, even as an alpha, like, like listen, it is always someone tougher than you. It is always someone smarter than you. Like, this is not a pack of people. Like, this, this, not, this is not the, the 60s, 70s, 80s where, like, you run in the block, like, and everybody just, you know, uh, like, depend on you because you're the leader. Even in the household, like, you, like, I, I, I just laugh. I always assume that the people who are saying that they're they are alphas and the people who subscribe to this alpha mentality, like they don't they they don't have parents like they was just created somewhere. They don't have siblings. They don't have uh, uh, girlfriends or wives or kids or stuff like that, because you can't you cannot think that that's OK. I don't care how you slice it. The strongest person has to bow down to certain shit. You're not always the toughest. Your gun is not always the biggest. Your hands are not always the nicest. You're not always the cutest. You're not always the handsomest. You're not always the strong. Like, you're not always that. And the fact that so many, there's so many out here subscribing to this alpha mentality without understanding, like, it, I, like and I'm not even trying to be combative. I'm not even trying to, like, I'm not hating. Like, do you? I'm not an alpha male. You can say, like, I'm fine with that. I, I, I've always said that for myself. Like, my dominant parent is my mother, so a lot of my mannerisms and, and my wording and my understanding is, is feminine. So I don't even think like that in the first place. I know somebody would hear that statement and be like, oh, that's why, because you was raised by your mom. Nah, my mama knock your fucking head off. Straight up. Like, people hear, oh, single mom, and they think weakness, and they think, oh, it's just this docile woman not knowing how to live life and yada, yada, whatever. But they not thinking about, like, yo, 
My mom will knock your fucking head off. My mom going to get to the money however she, however she going to get to the money. The same alpha that y'all say that y'all are, I've seen single women do that shit. And for it to be that a oh, woman can't be alpha if your woman is strong, let it, or if, if your woman combative and stuff like that, like she a bitch or she did. Nah, that's not how that works. This alpha mentality is so dumb because you don't understand that. You don't understand that. You're just in that position right now. That's just like when, when, like when, when, when you hear a lot of guys like, man. Like when I come home, like my wife, my girl, she going on, she going on and on about this and going on and on about that. And it's like I can't take it, this, that, and the other. You're not the alpha. Because if you were the alpha, you'll be able to understand, especially, you know, uh, if you're work if, if it's a stay-at-home mom or even if you're a stay even if you a stay-at-home dad, have like the position, the situation just it it, it change it, it, the situation determines your position. If you have her staying at home and she's keeping the home, she's the boss there. You can't keep coming in, throwing your shoes everywhere. You can't keep coming in, not taking out the trash. You can't keep, like, you're not the alpha there. That's her domain. That's her, that's her space. She runs that. She is the boss of that space. Correct? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a tripping. And so we gotta we 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 have to get out of this mentality um, in our relationships, even with our kids. Like a lot of us have this thing that, like, I'm the parent, you gonna do what I say, and da 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 da. da. It's like sometimes parents be dumb as fuck, and a kid will have to tell you, "Hey, that's not that's not how that works." Like for me, I can give you I can give you an example. Two plus two is four to me. Two plus two is like seven or twenty one or some crazy shit to them because of Common Core. Once they switch to Common Core, yeah, I try to learn it a little bit, right? But then I'm like, mm, this math, this is not my math. I'm not going to judge you because clearly the government said this is the math that you have to learn. All I'm going to do is still tell you 2 plus 2 is 4. I get, I get what's on that paper. But in reality, 2 plus 2 is 4. Just figure that shit out, how they want you to figure it out. Because you got to do it. If you don't go to school, you're going to go to jail. Even if a homeschool, you have to teach you from their curriculum because that's just how that shit is. So figure that shit out. But two plus two is four. In that situation, I'm not the alpha. I'm not the leader. I'm not the captain. Because two plus two is four to me. But two plus two is seven, like or, or twenty-one to them. So now I gotta, I have to dim my light to get understanding. Hey, how did you get to that? As dumb as it seems to me, it is reality for them because again, things that were are not, things that are will not be in the future. We think that being loud, being strong, and having these aggressive stances. Is going to save us in all situations. I'll never forget I was at the boys club. And there's this dude, his name was Damien. And I'll never forget Damien because Damien was an elevated version of me. He didn't bother nobody. He didn't really say much. And he had a crazy temper. I remember 
I don't know what happened this day at the boys club, but I just kept fucking with him. Because people always fuck with me. They always joke with me. One thing I learned that day is you can't play with everybody and learn how to shut the fuck up. I don't know what I did. I don't know what Damien was going through that day, but all I remember is that boy had me running around that table for dear life for about 10 minutes. The anger in his eyes, the aggress the aggression in his words let me know that if that boy caught me, it was over. My brothers wasn't there. You know, my homie homies wasn't there because I went to a different boy's like. I can say it now at 40, I almost peed on myself. I was so scared. I'm like, I don't know why I fuck with this boy. Please, somebody come stop us from running. Because if he catch me, the way that everybody is looking, they not going to help me either. And I did not want that situation. And luckily, luckily, an adult saw it and, you know, it was over. And I ended up apologizing, yada, yada, whatever. But it, I, I learned early, like, yo, this ain't this ain't the situation that I that that I want to be in. Like I'm not I'm not the strong one here. I'm not the I like somebody bigger than me, somebody stronger than me, somebody more somebody's temper is is um more aggressive than mine. Right? And so I understood then it's like strength, aggression, loud talking, that shit ain't that it, that don't mean nothing. And so after that, like I really didn't like I really didn't talk much. Like, if we're going to fight, we're going to fight. If we're not going to fight, we're not going to fight. I don't, my, I, I'm not egotistical like that to where, like, I'm about to let you keep, like, pulling on my emotions with words. Are we going to fight? No? All right, cool. I don't, I don't have, I don't have the capacity for that. I've always had a high level of fear and lack of trust. Prior to me going through this difficult stage of, you know, losing that relationship that I lost, losing my daughters, you know, having a failed marriage, dealing with the regular day-to-day -day nuances of, of being a single parent um, and getting the, the bad end of a lot of the attitudes and emotions that should be going outward, but because I'm here in front of, in front of their face, it comes to me. Um, that made me turn into someone who I just know what I know. And I leave it at that. That's good enough for me, right? I'm not saying that that is a healthy way to live life. Um, not saying that I'm not seeking other, uh, or I'm not seeking elevation and overall knowledge. But I know what I know, and I'm not going to overwhelm myself any further with these things like i'm good where i'm at i'm uh, i'm good in this space i'm uh, learning on my own pace i don't go bothering people you know when something does come up because i'm aware that somebody is smarter and somebody is stronger and somebody has more money and more patience and more understanding because i know that when those opportunities come i, I try to soak it in I try to soak it in and add to to what I'm already learning and who I'm already um, and who I'm already being, if that makes sense.
I don't want to overwhelm myself with others' emotions. I don't want to. I don't want to live the life that society says we're supposed to 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 live. I want to understand positioning. I want to understand that, and not even just understand, but I want to understand and be able to be strong enough to speak up in these situations and not feel awkward. Like a lot of times, I'll speak up and I'll be. Oh my God, I'll be sweating. My booty be puckering, like the fat man forehead miss. And I be right about things or I be knowledgeable about these things. My heart gets to beating fast. And it's just like, no, you know what you know and you don't what you don't. So when you are in those positions, nah, stand on that. It's like through heartache and pain, like. I I learned this. And I know that's going to sound crazy. As much as I've been hurt, as much as I've been devastated about certain things, I have to, for me, I got to trust you wholeheartedly, even though I'm scared, even though, like, my mind is racing, like, I hope this person don't do this, I hope this situation don't go like that, even though I have that in my mind that it's a 100% chance that it could go wrong, I still have to wholeheartedly trust whatever whatever the situation, whatever the person, because I got to allow you to play your position. Meaning, I got to be who I'm supposed to be at all times to the best of my ability so you can pay, play your position properly. Because once you see who I am and how I move and the things that I do and how I speak, um, you're going to be able to either say, all right, I fuck with that, like, I'm going to keep on letting it be day by day or I don't fuck with that and it it be that. If I don't do that, I'm going to be hurt or I'm going to be more hurt because, you know, separation, breakup, disappointment, it hurt regardless if you prepare for it or not. It just the preparation reduces the pain. It reduces the scar. It reduces because you kind of see it coming a little bit. So for me, like. I'm me. I'm accepting. I'm, it's, it's not too many things that people could say to me um, that I consider friends, that I consider loved ones, that is going to turn me off. Like, besides murder, rape, like, those, the big Jones. Y'all know the big Jones. Like, I'm not riding with you. I'm tell, I'm, let me say this on this podcast right now. I'm snitching all y'all. If y'all doing, if it's in that, that top things, yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not cool with that. Um, so, you, you know, remember that if you if you doing some type of major crime activity, like, don't don't tell me because I'm not I'm not going to be able to live with that. I'm just going to I'm going to keep it a buck and not even necessarily snitching like that. But I'm just I, like, don't do that to me. I'm not going to be able to live with knowing you're that wild out here. Um, but, yeah, so going through going through everything that I've gone through, the heartache, the pain, the confusion, all of that shit, it made me realize how important it is for me to still be who I am, for me to still allow people to be who they are. Like, I don't want, I, I, if I present to you a false version of me, you're going to respond with a false version of yourself. And then when reality hits, we're going to be like, who the fuck are you? What, like, what is this? And that's why I say, like, in my older age, I don't have a representative. I don't want to do those things. I don't want to, I just don't. I just don't. We all have the alpha and beta mannerisms. And it's so funny to me 
because I know people like for real, for real hardcore ass people that be still coloring in color books. That be still singing Rihanna at the top of their lungs. The things that they don't want you to really to to really see, right? It doesn't make you less tough. It doesn't make you less of a killer or less of a fighter or whatever. However y'all see it. It doesn't let make you less of a man because you like certain things. I learned something, you know, it's it, it, I learn something every day. I look at people who was raised by their mothers, i.e. me. Like I look at people who was raised by both parents, who people who was raised by their dads, yada, yada, whatever. And it's just so funny how balanced they are in feminine and masculine energy, but they just refuse to see it, right? Like, I look at these quote-unquote alpha males that they got to get dressed, right? Fashion is typically a, a, a woman's area, right? Because this is, this is solely off societal uh, position. Look at all these music videos. Look at all these videos on TikTok or whatever. These quote-unquote killers and fighters and alphas is dressed to the nines matching socks with underwear underwear with undershirt tie with pocket square suit with belt belt with bag bag with phone case phone case with watch watch with uh, jewelry but that's alpha right hardcore hardcore criminals what is what is what is the main thing we talk about about people in jail outside of the aggressive stuff oh they be cooking up anything they be master sh well cooking is a part of nurturing and keeping a home so are you are you still alpha you were like like why are you cooking for yourself because that's a nurturer's job Right? You're an alpha. You're supposed to hunt and throw it on the table and let somebody else cook it for you. Right? You're supposed to kill the sheep and, 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 and skin it and let somebody make the clothes for you. Because you're alpha, right? The idea and the concept of it doesn't make no sense because you, it, it's a walking contradiction. That's what these societal positions are. They're just walking contradictions of themselves. And if you are too high on... on on one way, you're going to make yourself look foolish. That's why, like I say, I'm I'm comfortable opening up. I'm comfortable crying. I'm comfortable being sad. I'm comfortable uh, being aggressive and not being aggressive. I'm comfortable allowing my lady to lead, you know, to lead certain situations and me lead. Like I'm I'm just open that way because I know I don't know everything. I know that I'm in rooms where I know the most, and I know when I'm in rooms when I know the least. It'd be a lot of times that I sit there and I'm listening to things and I full well be knowing what's going on. They'd be like, you got questions or any input? I'd be like, no. I know that the input could be good sometimes. Nah, you got it. You got to figure it out how I figured it out. Now, if you ask me specifically, hey, I've seen this issue and you seem to have managed to get through it. What are you doing to get through it? I'm going to tell you. Cause I never want to. I never want to be the one that seems so arrogant in a room. I never want to be. Um, I never. I just. I don't want to do that. 
But on the flip side, I'm learning in my in in my recent exploration of who I am. I also don't want to dim my light to make anybody feel good. I don't want to hurt you on purpose, but if if I have the knowledge, the know-how, the understanding in this situation, I shouldn't feel like, damn, if I say something, it's going to ruin the friendship. If I say something, it's going to ru ruin the deal. But no, that's how we get screwed over. That's how relationships turn bad, friendships turn bad, business opportunities turn bad, um, your job, that's how that turns. Like, it, it's crazy. So we have to break free from this, from, from one, the societal standards, but we also have to understand them. Like, again, because we act like they don't exist, everybody out here looking foolish. Everybody out here looking at the person with more money, looking at the person with luxury cars, looking at the person who, quote unquote, is having the best, you know, relationship and traveling the world and yada, yada, whatever. But it's like, at what point do you understand? At what point do you understand what it took to get there. Yeah, we 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 all oh they inherited that and and, and they didn't work for it or even if they did work for it, oh they work for this and they need to give it to people because there's people out here broke and poor and hungry and starving and, and homeless and da 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 and it's just like look at both sides. I was homeless for years, sleeping on people's couches, like I was homeless, for real, for real homeless, for uh, maybe a year and a half. Like, I'm being dead ass. But then I was homeless for another two, three, like, just sleeping on people's couches for a while. Not because of ego, but because of ignorance. I'm giving, I'm, 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 I'm giving all of my money away thinking I'm, like, I'm doing the right thing for my kids while I have nothing. So on the outside where I'm catching a bus every day in the metro, um, sleeping on people's couches. It gives my baby mothers the the strength and the ammunition. Oh, he he poor, he a bum, he don't do this, he don't do that. The backside of that is I got eight hundred dollars worth of daycare bills for one kid. For one kid. Another five hundred dollar worth of the of daycare bills for my baby, a boy. And the other three is growing like weeds and hungry. I'm not on a county, nothing like. I'm giving half of my check to one, half of my check to the other. For years, I kept 20 to $40 to myself. I think one time, like I started giving myself $100, but then giving them the rest of the check. I'll never forget my mom was like, what? And though me and my mom have a very rocky, uh, super sad type of relationship, like it's certain things that I do remember, um, and this is one of them, she was so bugged out that the reason I was homeless was not because I couldn't get a place, it wasn't because I was on drugs, it wasn't because I was tricking off money at the casino. It was solely because my mind said, I made these kids, they get all of my money, period. I didn't get no time during this time period of my life. I didn't get uh, time with them other than catching a bus to see my daughter and dipping. Catching a bus to see my sons dipping. 
outwardly, it's like he a deadbeat. He don't do this. He don't do that. They're not going to tell you the fight that I had to make sure everybody was good. They're going to tell you the fight that I had to give all of me in all the situations. They're not going to tell you that. It's just that's because society is not built for that. And unfortunately, I don't deal with people who have the, the, the respect enough to kill the idea of that societal thing. I had to go through that for understanding. I can't give all of me to everyone and give myself nothing because regardless of regardless of what it is, it ain't what it looked like. So with that, I allow everybody to be who they're supposed to be. I'm going to be me regardless. I'm still a giver to this day. I don't care. That's just who I am. I have to be able to help where I can help. That's part of my purpose of, of, of who I am. I don't help people uh, to, to get on the podcast or get on camera like, look, I helped this person. No, I'm helping you because I genuinely feel like you need some fucking help. I'm on a podcast crying my heart out and, and, and being vulnerable, being open because you need some help because I know I need some help and I couldn't find it in the way that I needed it. Right. We have to start breaking down this idea that we have to meet these metrics that society says. We need to be healthy. If you want things in life, if you want material things, if you want, you know, if you want material things, a big house and stuff, get get the job that that will get that for you. If you cool, like if so many people living off the grid right now and people be hating you, homeless, you this, you that. Man, I've seen so many people, I've seen so many more smiles on people who disconnect from regular society and get these RVs and these buses and build their homes inside of them. And, you know, they're able to work, they're able to work from these things and just travel the country or just, you know, just live without having any sort of bills for real. And people judge them. That little ass bus. Oh, I, it couldn't. It couldn't be me. Like I wouldn't be able to to live in that uh, in that thing. Or bus. Like, no. This is the situation. I'm sorry. I dropped. Uh, I dropped something. Uh. So it's like, no. This works for them. Just because it wouldn't work for you, or because you don't know how it would work for you, you don't get to be judgmental. And that's where we're at in society where, you know, everything is a judgment as opposed to just understanding. I see so many arguments and so many things online that just doesn't make any sense from the perspective of understanding. Like you arguing just to argue, um, you know, they call them trolls now, right? The people online that just insert ridiculous, disrespectful things to, you know, change the flow of what you're trying to accomplish, right? And it sucks because people with millions and millions of followers, they don't have the luxury that I do to be able to see a comment and delete a comment, right? It takes a million people to see it, tag the person like, yo, you see this? And then it's like, all right, I got to, like, it's too late at this point because now 20,000 people, 30,000, 40,000 people have seen it, liked it, shared it, tagged you. And so it's like, you can't delete it. Because I know these people exist, I don't like I don't be taking a lot of shit seriously. 
because you could be just being a dick. I go back to to the the Royce interview, and he's he's saying, you know, when he's working on his stuff, he don't really let people hear it. He don't really want to let people hear it because he's sensitive. And he's still in creation mode. He's still, you know, travailing to create whatever this thing, um, uh, whatever it is. But once he releases it, he don't give a fuck about it. And I've adapted or I've adopted that in my way of thinking as a result to my creativity. I'm going to give you what I think is the best version of that thing. Right. Once I gave it to you, I felt like it was my best. So there's nothing that you're going to be able to say. There's no opinion that you're going to be able to have that's going to make me feel bad about what I released. Because I've already did it to that that particular situation. I've already did it to the best of my ability. Because I'm aware of. Because I'm aware of. Um, both my alpha and beta sides, it's like. I'm not I'm not worried about nothing else. I don't have the same ego as everybody else because the loss like if you don't humble yourself, life going to humble you. Right. I've been humbled by losing the relationship, you know, love of my life. I've been humbled by, you know, losing my oldest daughter to a bad relationship. Um, I got humbled by losing my youngest daughter to death. It don't get no more humble than that. Because if I'm keeping it a buck, mentally, as a parent, you don't think like, man, this shit can't, this can't happen to me. Like, I'm me. I'm daddy daycare at its finest. I love my kids like, like no other. Humble my ass immediately. Hum, not only humble me, humble me and broke me. But the, 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 the fracture of life that happened inside of me it opened up a door to so many other things. Do I, and, and would I, uh, if given the opportunity, want my daughter to be alive? Yes, of course. I'm not a fucking monster. I miss my baby. Did I learn things, a lot of things, that I wouldn't have learned without this level of pain? Yes. I miss my baby daily, but the flip side of that, she left me a concept of time for real. She left me the concept of perseverance. She left me to understanding that today is not promised. So whatever it is you're trying to do today, do that shit. If it requires money that you don't have, figure out something on that list of things to do to get closer to the money to do the thing that you want to do overall. Do that shit today. We have to start understanding who who we are. We have to start understanding that there's two sides to every coin. Being docile, being calm, like having a calm demeanor, it seems to be looked at as weakness for whatever reason. Having those calm mannerisms is a survival tactic. Not for the thing that's against you, but for you. I'm docile and calm because 
I know where I'm willing to take it. And anyone who knows me, because I'm not a fighter like that, because I'm not an aggressor like that, everybody knows when I get a certain level of mad that this could, this could alter lives. Because I'm so chill, because I'm so calm. And so if I have to come out of that space, it's like, I don't know what to do. Now I'm in survival mode, so everybody got to die. Because I don't have this idea that everything is one way, I'm able to understand that, and I'm able to apply that to myself. So when, I, when somebody invites me somewhere and I'm like, who's all going to be there? I'm just checking the vibes, not that, like, I want to know how I'm going to behave. Because there's certain people that's going to bring a certain energy, and it's like, uh, nah, I don't want to do that. Where's it at? What type of establishment? Nah, I don't want to do that. Or, yeah, I'm going to fuck with it. Because I learned that there is somebody tougher, there's somebody richer, there's somebody smarter, there's somebody, you know, uh, uh, more handsome, more fit, because I learned to accept that without it being a knock at who I am, I'm able to move a little bit different. I don't live off of what society says that I'm supposed to live. Like if, 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 if I'm being honest, I'm 40, right? So I'm supposed to have hella investments, hella 401k, um, uh, hella different bank accounts, own a home, uh, outright own a car, um, have an investment property, uh, have a business. I'm supposed to do all these things because society said this is what I'm supposed to do. What society don't want to realize is that all those things are great, but none of those things are easy. And it all takes work and everybody works at their own pace. Opportunities arrive at different times in people's lives, period. I can go down the same trajectory as someone. I could do, I could, like I told y'all before, I've been to the same school with people, same living conditions, same gang infested areas, same gang affiliation, um, same fighting, same stealing, same cussing, same behavior. And there's people who lived in those same conditions, even playing a field. And they're engineers now. They lead orchestras now. They're in bands now. They've had opportunities to play, you know, professional ball. They live in mansions now. They have cars. They travel the world. These are same people that I grew up with. Because I understand that it's no eagle in me. I hate how it always says eagle. And I mean ego. Because I know that I'm able to be calm. Because your accomplishment doesn't change who I am. My accomplishment doesn't change who you are. I say it often, like a lot of people used to laugh because I went to school, a uh, vocational school for uh, coding and billing. And a lot of people laugh, like, oh, I can't believe you. You went to that vocational school and da 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 da. And it's like, I went to a vocational school, got a job, and I've been doing what I went to school for. for Almost 20 years. A lot of my peers went to four-year, two-year, four-year, you know, institutions and couldn't get a job 
with what they went to school for for years after that. Some so much so that some even just completely shifted like, all right, I don't want to do that shit no more. Not because they don't have the skill, because they don't have the opportunity. Right. And that's what we have to start realizing. And because I start going through the mental stuff that I was that that I was going through and that I still go through, I start realizing how hard I am on myself, thinking that I'm not doing something right. Thinking that, you know, uh, my poems are not good poems, thinking my podcast is not good podcast, thinking my idea for Peacefully Flawed is not a good idea, but it's opportunity. My brother always tell me, bro, stay prepared so that stay prepared so that when the opportunity comes, right? So preparation for me is being excited to do this podcast for one person, same as I would for one million people. Being excited for the uh, uh, selling of one hoodie, same I would if I sold millions and Peacefully Flawed was a household name. That's what preparation is, right? It goes back to, I kept saying, I hate this job. I'm talking to my brother. I'm talking, you know, certain people. I hate this job. They get on my nerves, da, 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 but I'm just clocking in. I hate this job, clocking in, working, giving them overtime, giving them, you know, six days a week, like just going in, right? And then something hit me. I had that conversation with my brother, and it's just like, Stop fucking complaining and do something about it. So it went from I hate this job to where and and I'm not going to work for real. I'm just I just hate this job to I hate this job. And all right, I need to do something to get out of this job. I need to start really thinking about the transition of um, removing myself from this type of environment. Without understanding position, I don't get there. Like, we have this strong stance on finances. We have this strong stance on appearances. The stance is strong. Hold on. As I said, docile and calm demeanor seems to be looked at as a weakness. So we go against it as a survival tactic. And this stance is strong in those who live in a lower financial class. It creates a, uh, this fake idea that fake it until we make it. And when we're in the space for too long, we get comfortable falsifying ourselves for others' satisfaction. A lot of us be in these rooms and talking to these people and, and, and or not talking to them just to be around. Like I hear, oh, I, I would just love to be a fly on a wall. Fuck that fly. I want to be in. I want to be in that room listening. I want to be in that room offering input. What do I have to do to get in that room? At some point, we have to realize the value of who we are, and we have to we have to live in ourselves for our own satisfaction in everything that we do. I get it. Uh, uh, all relationships is a give and take. All of it is you, you need something from that person and they need something. I get it. 
But when we keep on diluting who we are and we keep on being these people to satisfy others um, as to not over over uh, overshadow them or outshine them or what have you, like we end up in places that is not even suited for us. It's this ongoing joke online to where uh, they're like, oh, I got to stop applying. For, I got to uh, stop applying for stuff because I fucked around and I got a job that I wasn't qualified for. I know it's a joke and it's a, it's a really funny joke. But that's how we change our trajectory for the worse. And that's supposed to be there. Right? You like like stop quit playing with yourself. Don't quit playing with yourself, but quit playing with yourself. We get so lost in these characters that we create and we don't realize that's causing the frustration at home. That's causing the real frustration at said job. That's causing the frustration with, with your friendships, with your parenting, uh, with how you handle your family. Because you're you you're you keep putting yourself in this suit and it, it's not it, it's not time for formal attire. I'm reminded often of one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite things of a movie. It goes back to understanding position. The movie Drumline, the character Devin, he was the man at his at his high school. I mean, was going stupid on the drums, crazy. Like everybody just knew he was gonna get a scholarship for, uh, for music, because he the man where he from, right? He go to college and he's holding on to that alpha mentality that he's the man, his beats is the best, yada, yada, whatever. But he's moving in that energy without understanding. The understanding that your situation determines the position. Devin didn't learn the foundation of the very thing that he was great at. He thought that he would be able to skate through life solely on his alpha way of thinking that he was the best and can't nobody outplay him. That position was challenged and because he had no foundation, he failed miserably, right? He couldn't read music. So how are you going to be in a band if you can't read music? Everybody, everybody's not going to keep playing it for you. Again, I'm not saying that, uh, that that was wrong. I'm just saying for the sake of this point of position and situation. He was the man in high school because no one challenged him. He brought that same arrogance, that same bravado, that same alpha behavior to college where he was now challenged. And now he's lost. And now he got an attitude because he don't know what to do. Because he faked it so often, he put himself in a situation that he didn't belong in. He was arrogant, he was very combative, and he was disrespectful. He talked so much shit, and he had in his mind that he's the alpha, 
And the only way to get through whatever he needed to get through was embarrassment. And there was a part in the movie where he's going against his, the movie nemesis, he called uh, Iron Man or Tin Man, whatever he called him. And he tried to embarrass him to prove that he was the better drummer. His professor saw it. If y'all saw, if y'all saw Drumline, I'm sorry for dragging it out, but this really, this is a profound scene for me. He stumped the dude of the spot he was trying to take or trying to be better than or whatever. He stumped him. And the professor saw it. He's like, all right, cool. Do it with me. And Devin, like, kind of holding his own. And the professor was like, all right, now walk. My man took like one or two steps and couldn't coordinate his feet and his hands and fucked up. And the professor was like, you got to learn how to follow before you leave, Mr. Miles. Devin's in the same position that he's always been in. The position of a drummer. He got his drum, he got his strap, he got his two, his two sticks, he got his ears, he got his hands. Situation is what it's, it, or the position never changed. The situation did. You went from high school being the man because no one challenged you for real to college to now you have to exhibit the foundation of this thing. You have to show why, why are you this arrogant? Why are you why are you this cocky? Why are you this annoying? And why why are you in so much competition to where you feel like you have to go over and beyond to do this thing? And in reality, you don't even have the foundational characteristics needed to uh, claim or or to substantiate the claim that you are great. And that's what we go through mentally. We think because we good here, we good everywhere. We think because we have the know-how here, we have the know-how everywhere. And, and, and again, I'm inside out type of person. That same thought that I have about myself is what made me think, all right, so if I feel like this and I know I have the foundation of this and I know I have the knowledge of this, yada, yada, whatever, why am I allowing this person with more money than me to talk to me crazy when I have the knowledge? Why am I allowing this person who travels the world or allow, allowing this person, like, why am I saying relationship, go, like, I have the knowledge. I don't care about the finished product. I, I really don't. I care about the preparation. I care about the, 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 the nights you cried, the night that you had to delete. Like, y'all have no idea how many times I write the pod, delete the pod. How many designs I make, delete the designs. How many times I put stuff on sale, take it off sale. Like, y'all have no many times, y'all have no idea how many times I have to go through those things mentally to get to the point where I'm like, all right, I feel comfortable with this. We have no idea the fights that these uh, couples have that's traveling the world to get to this point of love, to get to this point of understanding. We have no idea the counseling it took, the therapy it took. We have no idea, but we that's relationship goals. Then soon as soon as you see something bad, oh, it couldn't be me. Yes, the fuck it could. That's the problem that we have. We never think it could be us when it's bad, but always think it could be us when it's good. And everything I do, I think about it. Like even when I feel like I've mastered something, I always remember there's someone more knowledgeable than me than what I'm doing. 
I don't look at life like I'm like I, I don't look at it like I'm better or worse than anybody anymore. I don't care how much you make, what you do. I, I don't look at it in terms of you're better, or I'm worse. I look at it at levels of knowledge, uh, emotional, emotional maturity and understanding, because at the, at the end of the day. You can lose all that money. And then I could gain all of the money that you lost. But if I have no foundation of who I am and I have no emotional maturity, I lack knowledge, I lack uh, understanding, refuse to be in those spaces trying to grow, then what's what do it matter? Even when I feel like I've mastered something, I have that idea that someone's better. Someone could come in right now and do this this thing better than me. Um. Someone could come and do and do this thing not only better than me, but a lot better. Finding that space and that understanding has helped me so much. Um, studies have shown that people who struggle with poverty have higher risk of both physical and mental illness. Those with the lowest socioeconomic status are two to three times as likely to suffer from mental health disorder than those with higher status. So basically, people with more money have less stress, and people with less money have more stress. And the breaking point, because the breaking point comes when you can't get the things that you need and you can't do the things that you need. A lot of us are not broken because we can't travel the world or we can't buy luxury cars or uh, we can't eat out every single day. A lot of us are broken because we can't even get to the basic necessities of life with how hard that we work and it's always something against us. Understanding that because I'm not, I'm not rich by no means and I'm not in poverty by no means. But having the understanding of both sides of the coin, it allows me to never be too high up on myself and never be too low. Because this, this could go viral today and tomorrow I could, be, I could be in a position to where I never have to live check, and check, check to check another day in my life. I get that the system is unfair. I get that life is unfair. Um, I, I get it. I'm aware of that. I'm fighting with y'all to, to, to help change the, the unfairness of this situation and how life works and stuff like that. Like, I'm with y'all. But while I'm with y'all, I'm making sure I'm making the best of my space, emotionally, financially, just I'm making sure that I'm making the best of what I what I got going on. Um, and I advise you guys, like, once you get to that understanding of, like, you know, don't worry about that. Because you're going to you're going to end up hurting yourself more, not realizing how deep the situation determines your position. Like, you're not going to be able to get out of that if you keep on, you know, looking at it as just one side of the coin and I get it that it's unfair I, I had to figure out like my thing is figuring out the cards that I have 
I can't worry about the cards in your hand. I can't worry about if you got extra cards, if you got more cards than me or less cards. I can't worry about that. I have to worry about the cards that are in my hand, and I have to learn how to play them for my situation, not the overall umbrella, because a lot of times that overall umbrella of you need to do this by this age, you need to do that, or if this, then that, that overall umbrella is just fucked up. It has people out here that should be in a forgive, uh, uh, a forgiving mind state, in a hateful mind state. It has people that that, um, sh that are in a taking mind state, but it should be a giving mind state. It has people that that's in a, a giving mind state that should be in a, a take. Like it just has us all fucked up, and it's like we have to stop doing that. We have to really live our lives. And uh, and live our own experiences, and you never, because you you never know how you're going to respond to things until you're in those situations. If you go into them with thinking like someone else and um, um, trying to be them, it's gonna fuck it up for you. I'm I'm telling you, I, I'm I'm telling you from experience that it's just you have to play the cards that you're dealt. Yeah, try to get out of it. Try to elevate, you know, your life and your uh, way of living, your health, your mental. Yeah, do that. But don't do it while disrespecting where you at. It goes back to what I said earlier in, in, in the pop about winning. Stop just worrying about the next win. Like, especially once you've accomplished, like you've got to the end of something and you came out on top. Right. Enjoy what that is. So just the same way as I'm saying, enjoy what that is, the hard work that it took for you to get there, um, the dedication, the, the, the long nights, the pain, like acknowledge what it took you to get to that point and tell yourself, I'm, I'm not going to change this. I'm going to keep being this dedicated. I'm going to keep working this hard because eventually I'm going to be out of this situation. Right. So I have to continue to do what I have to do to get there. And there's a quote by Dr. Glenn Patrick Doyle. And he said, we're not ourselves when we're triggered. We become who we have to be to survive. And when we're constantly being triggered, our identity can start to slip away because our personalities and values are constantly getting hijacked by fight or flight reflexes. I read that, man, and that was one of the craziest things for me because it's so true. I found myself, you know, just kind of playing back stuff Previously, before I really start trying to heal, I start realizing how triggered I was about things from my childhood. How triggered I am about things, about relationships, about, you know, police, about disrespect, about hurt, about finances. Like, I start realizing how triggered I, I, I've been over the years consistently and constantly. And then I'm like, dang, I remember that. I didn't used to behave like this. I didn't used to think like this. I didn't like, and again, everything is a learning experience. But when I read that, it made it relieved so much of me, uh, and and reduced a lot of the guilt that I have in 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 me in regards to certain ways that I re, uh, that I reacted to a lot of stuff, solely because, like, oh shit, I didn't realize how much I was lost in the anger, in the hurt, in the pain, how. Not even on no, like, I'm out here being a menace to people, but how reserved I became of how much I held back because I didn't want to appear a certain way or I didn't want to to come off a certain way. And so reading that, um, what that, what that means for me is that I have to accept 
what is and lower the value on what could be. Yeah, we, we, we got to be focused in, you know, we have to have an end goal. Like, that's just the way life goes. We got to cut that down a little bit because if we all we see is the end goal and that volume on that end goal is so loud, we're going to skip the preparation. And we might get to that end goal, but a lot of stuff is going to be missing because we're just rushing to get to it and not accepting and appreciating the journey it's taken us to get there. I have to master the space that I'm in until I'm prepared to move to the next level. I have to master the space I'm in until I'm prepared to move to the next level. Quit rushing. Quit letting these people tell you, oh, you you 25, you got to have a kid. You 30, you got you to gotta own a house. You 35, you got to buy a car. You 40, you got to have hella retirement. Da-da-da-da-da, you got to travel. Quit. Get comfortable where you at first. Master, master your domain first. Stop letting these people talk you off your square and encourage you off your square. Because sometimes, like, you can be encouraged in the most positive way, and it could create the most hurtful, discombobulated, distressful moment of your life if you let somebody encourage you to do something before you are prepared to do it. Stay focused. It's not always negativity that's going to force you into unwanted spaces. Sometimes somebody will be like, oh, you're doing good. You're doing this. You should start a business. You, oh, that's good. You should sell that. You, no, you like that. In order for me to make this a business, at least 100 people got to like it. At least 50 people got to like it. Enough to make it make sense to me. But a lot of us, we, we, we allow encouragement sometimes to push us onto a road that it, it ain't it. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I have to, again, understand what is real self-criticism and what is self-sabotage. I think this is one of the biggest things that we all deal with because sometimes the criticism that we give ourselves is warranted. We know we shouldn't have done this or shouldn't have done that. We know that we uh, wrote a check that our ass couldn't cash a lot of times, right? But a lot of times, we really just be sabotaging the shit because we scared. We don't, we, we, again, it's, a, it's, a, it's us dimming our light. We so, we, we're so afraid to stand up to whatever the thing is that we'd rather just self-sabotage ourselves, act like we don't know what's what, um, not speak up, uh, not, uh, um, not go for promotions, uh, not trying to elevate for real because it, it's a fear. We, we don't feel deserving of it because, again, we go back to the what have you done for me lately phase of life. Um, we go back to the, you know, all right, I graduated, uh, I graduated junior high with honors. All right, I graduated high school with honors. I graduated college, uh, what is it, sumna culati, however you say it, right? And yet I still don't feel like enough. Yet I feel like my ideas aren't good. Yet I feel like, you know, the knowledge that I have is not enough. That's, that's sabotage. You work for that. Right? We got to start understanding that, especially when it comes to our knowledge and our experience. We have to start understanding that you worked for that and you went through hell and high water, whether it was on purpose or a mistake, to get to that point of education. And I'm not even talking about the educational system. I'm talking about education, like, 
the true definition of it, like overall. Like you got to that level of ed education because of the experience you went through and the reading and speaking and whatever you decided to do to add to the experience that you had. So we have to be able to differentiate between is the, criti is the criticism warranted of what I'm doing? Am I hindering myself because I feel like I really, I'm not prepared or am I hindering myself out of fear so I'm going to sabotage it for myself so nobody even attempts to rely on me or call on me. Lastly, I have to be fearless in my knowledge and eager to learn the things needed for me to move forward. That's something that Kennedy's death left me. I know what I know. And the difference between now or then and now is I, I, I've always known what I know. But now I'm, I'm more prepared to speak up. I'm more confident in my knowledge, in my experience of what I've, what I've done in life to, to fully speak up. I'm fearless in the knowledge that I attempt to obtain in every single thing that I do, whether it be my mental health space, whether it be, you know, relationships, whether it be cooking, what, what I'm fearless in, in my knowledge. I'm a researcher. If I don't know, I'm not ashamed to say I don't know. But when I say I know, trust me, I know. The idea is to like, for me, I follow to learn. I learn to teach. I teach until it's mastered, and then I repeat for elevation. As simple as that. I had to break free from these societal positions and these societal standards that we live by because it was killing me. The stress of it was killing me. I want y'all to understand how important it is to be you. I want you to understand how valuable and how important you are as you in the position that you hold in your job, in your life, uh, as a parent, as a sibling. You are important, even if nobody is telling you that you are important. Even if nobody is verbalizing that you're important, you're important. Knowing that humbles me, but it also gives me the strength to continue to be who I say that I am to myself. I could care less what society says I'm supposed to be. I care more about what my reflection tells me. It's crazy how, how life works and the things that you have to go through. I tell you guys often we got to go through something to get somewhere. So we might as well do it together. Peace. Yo, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to PeacefullyFlaw.com for your Poetic Properties merch and Peacefully Flawed Apparel. Um, also, King's Collective is still available on my site right now. It's a book of 43 poems. I'm telling you, you are going to enjoy it. If you want to hear what the poems are, um, 
I'm on all DSPs as Complex, K-A-M-P-L-E-X-X. You can listen to the spoken word yourself and be in judge it for yourself. But again, King's Collective, my book, um, it's on my site. Uh, the first single, Second Power, to my upcoming uh, poetry album is also on there. Purchase that, support your boy. If not, you know, it's all love. If you want to donate to the podcast, head over to Good Pods. Download that app. It is a very good app to have as a podcaster and as a listener of podcasts. You can rate uh, the episodes right there in real time. They even have it to where, like, I don't have to go look for the reviews, you know, like the normal platforms do. It's literally right there, you know, in front of me on the episode. You can rate it one to five stars and also leave a comment. Um, but on my Good Pods page, there is a tip jar that you can tip if you want to. If you want to donate to the podcast or to the company overall, um, head over to my Twitter page. The Complex has a tip jar. You can go there. If you don't want to do any of that, but you fuck with me for real, Keep listening, keep sharing, keep liking, keep commenting, whatever it is that you do to support uh, Infinitely Complex and Poetic Properties Podcast. I truly appreciate that. 